Here's another listener. Essay. Essay. This is Infants on Thrones. Listener Essay. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is the back half of our May 2018 Listener Essay Contest. Five more essays for you each day this week, starting with today's essay, which is number seven in our contest, and is titled Priesthood Power, and written by Jim. Now, I want to quickly say a special thank you to all of you who have submitted essays this past week and sent emails about the songwriting contest. Now, there will be a songwriting contest in July and another listener essay contest in August to fit in the ones that were recently submitted and just won't fit into this current contest. But no worries. We'll just do another listener essay contest and we'll keep doing them as long as you listeners have things that you want to say. So please keep sending in your submissions. They're great. But you know what else would be great? Not very many of you have been going to the website to fill out the little voting surveys for each of these listener essays, and I'd like to see more of those. And so would Jesus. And I'm sure so would our authors. They'd like to get more feedback on the essays that they wrote and recorded and submitted for this contest. So please remember to go to the website, infantsonthrones.com, find the post for today's essay, and spend a couple of minutes casting your vote and providing some feedback. It's easier than home teaching, visiting teaching, ministering, or whatever the hell they're calling it now. So please give feedback, because if you don't, you're lame. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to be. And why would anyone want to make the devil happy? He's bad. He's bad. The devil is bad. Do you want to be bad too? Or do you want to be good? Like today's author, Jim, who wrote Priesthood Power. So take it away, Jim, and stop making the devil be happy. Ever since Bishop Oslin asked me to speak about God's power in our lives... Bishop Oslin? No. No. Creepy. I've been pondering and praying to know what to say to you today. My hope is that the Spirit will guide my words, that you may be uplifted and taught, not by me, but by him. My talk is titled, Priesthood Power. In the New Testament, Christ said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. In the modern dispensation, Christ revealed through Joseph Smith the following. And again, it shall come to pass that he that hath faith in me to be healed and is not appointed unto death shall be healed. Indeed, the Lord gave this promise to his missionaries in DNC 66. Lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover. In a revelation on the priesthood in DNC 84, the Lord unequivocally states, referring to priesthood holders, in my name, they shall heal the sick. Lastly, every primary child knows that We believe in the gift of tongues, prophecy, revelation, visions, healing, interpretation of tongues, and so forth. We are a church of healing. We have the priesthood authority to do so, 
and the faith requisite to make it happen. We even have the charge from the Lord. Our history is replete with stories of miraculous healings. Who could forget the story of Joseph's healing handkerchief while malaria swept through the swampy, undeveloped Nauvoo? Even women have had access to healing power throughout the history of church. You remember the scene from Legacy. Unfortunately, I've never been healed by the priesthood. I've had my own health challenges during my life, and have received priesthood blessings to heal me, but none of them worked. I'm pretty sure I had the faith to be healed, so maybe it wasn't just God. Maybe it just wasn't God's will. I've also laid my hands on people's heads and anointed them with oil consecrated for the healing of the sick. None of them recovered miraculously either. Additionally. Stories of healings within the church are few and far in between in the modern era. Elder Oaks mentioned in a recent talk that they do happen, and frequently, but we don't talk about them so as not to boast. Although we know of many cases where persons blessed by priesthood authority have been healed, we rarely refer to these healings in public meetings because modern revelation cautions us not to boast ourselves of these things, neither speak them before the world. For these things are given unto you for your profit and for salvation. If I've never witnessed a miraculous healing myself, or even heard a verified story of a healing taking place, how am I to evaluate if this healing power is real? Even if I did witness a miraculous healing, how could I determine if it was due to God's power or due to luck? Thankfully, in our modern era, unlike any era before on this earth, we can actually test the claim that the priesthood has the power to heal the sick. We have troves of data on health outcomes. In an ideal world, we would have the health data on TBMs who received priesthood blessings and health data on a comparable population who did not receive priesthood blessings. This group would serve as a control. The null hypothesis, or what we would expect to happen, absent any effect from the priesthood, is that the TBM population would have similar health outcomes to the general population. If the healing blessings truly worked, we would see shorter recovery times from illness and injury, lower mortality rates, longer lives, less hospitalizations, etc., among the TBM group who received healing priesthood blessings. This is the key. 
we must compare the outcome to something we would expect from chance alone. Now, we don't have this data set, but we do have data on Utah and the United States as a whole. Since there is a higher concentration of Mormons in Utah versus in the United States as a whole, it stands to reason that we would expect to see some effect of the priesthood blessings common among Mormons in the health statistics. The state of Utah's Department of Health indicator-based information system for public health has a lot of interesting statistics and comparisons of Utah to the population of the United States in general. It turns out that mortality rates in Utah and the United States are very similar. 709.5 per 100,000 for Utah and 724.6 per 100,000 in the United States as a whole. When you take into account confidence intervals and control for Utah's younger population, there is no meaningful difference between these two rates. Looking at specific health problems, sometimes Utah does better than the U.S. and sometimes it does worse. For instance, drug overdose and poisoning deaths are more common in Utah than in the rest of the U.S. However, lung cancer is less common in Utah. You might be able to attribute that to lower, the lower concentration of smokers in Utah and not to priesthood blessings. On the other hand, prostate cancer, which is not related to smoking, actually has a higher incidence in Utah than in the rest of the U.S. So, after looking at the data, unfortunately, it doesn't look like priesthood blessings change health outcomes. Recent talks in General Conference have highlighted the impotence of the priesthood in healing. John, do you have the faith not to be healed? I visited the hospital room with an old friend who had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. She had experienced that joy long enough herself to be able to endure in his loving service to the end. I saw that same miracle in the bedroom of a man who had given sufficient faithful service to think that he had done enough to rest. I knew that he had undergone lengthy and painful, painful treatment for a disease and been told by the doctors that it was terminal. They offered neither treatment nor hope. His wife took me to his bedroom in their, room, in their home. There he was lying on his back on the top of the carefully made-up bed. He wore a freshly pressed white shirt, a tie, and new shoes. He saw the look of surprise in my eyes, laughed quietly, and explained, after you give me a blessing, I want to be ready to respond to the call to take up my bed and go to work. <laughs> As it turned out, he was ready for the interview he would soon have with the master. <laughs> with the master for whom he had worked so faithfully. What conclusions can we draw here? I see a handful of possibilities. First, the priesthood does not have power to heal. It never did. The stories of miraculous healings were fabricated, or the healings that did occur, occurred by chance. Sometimes people just get better. Second possibility, the priesthood used to have power to heal, but it doesn't anymore. Third possibility, we've lost the priesthood somehow. Fourth possibility, since we now have access to data, God can't or won't heal people because then we would see the results in the data and remove our need for faith. Or fifth, 
there really are miraculous healings happening, but there's just a conspiracy to keep them out of the data. What do you think? Which seems most likely to you? Thinking about the priesthood's healing power, or lack thereof, reminds me of one of my favorite Simpsons episodes. In it, a bear wanders into Springfield and panic ensues. Homer and the townspeople overreact and start a bear patrol to keep bears out of Springfield. No bears show up in Springfield after the bear patrol is implemented, and Homer concludes that the bear patrol is working like a charm. Lisa tries to talk some sense into him. Ah, not a bear in sight. The bear patrol must be working like a charm. That's specious reasoning, Dad. Thank you, honey. By your logic, I could claim that this rock keeps tigers away. Oh, how does it work? It doesn't work. Uh-huh. It's just a stupid rock. Uh-huh. But I don't see any tigers around here, do you? Lisa, I want to buy your rock. The point is, whether you're talking about the priesthood, the bear patrol, the latest MLM miracle juice, or anything else for that matter, to evaluate if it really works, you have to compare the outcome to a null hypothesis. What would you expect to happen from chance alone? In closing, I bear my testimony that health outcomes are not improved through priesthood blessings. This is not a matter of faith, but a fact. We have the data in the name of statistical inference. Amen. So there you go. Thank you very much, Brother Jim, for your essay. Now, if you as our listener want to go and vote for this essay, go to our website, find this episode, click on the voting link, and leave your feedback. And if you haven't already joined us on Patreon, please consider signing up and supporting Infants on Thrones for as little as $1 per episode, capped at whatever budget you want to give yourself for the month. Your generosity helps keep this podcast alive and growing. So thank you, and tune in tomorrow for another listener essay. Pretty bird, pretty bird. Hey, this is Billy and 4C from Rhode Island. Yes, that's right. The blind kid from Dumb and Dumber, and now Dumb and Dumber 2, too. Yes, a pseudo-celebrity Mormon. Infants on Thrones has helped me come to grips with the tragedy that I've seen, well, heard about at least, when learning that the thing that mattered most to me ended up being dead all along. I mean, Petey didn't even have a head. If you heart the show as much as I do, please leave a five-star review on iTunes, write a short review, and oh my heck, why not post about it on the social media? Unless you're still stuck in the Relief Society closet about your faith transition stuff like I am. And always remember, I just thought he was real quiet. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones.